Is that crying? Why don't you come up for some hot podcasting? This is episode 53 of Insert Credit. I'm Alex Jaffe, and my dream job in the industry would be as the host of a late-night talk show where I interview video game characters. Oh, man, that's great. I'm Brandon Sheffield, and my dream job in the industry would be one where I don't really have to do very much, but really cool games that I want to play somehow come out of that. <laughs> so with Gene. It's 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 dreams. So. so you want to be a CEO, is what you're saying. That's right. That's right. CEO, huh? Right. My name is Tim Rogers, and my dream job in the industry is uh, creative director, wherein uh, I have not been hired because of some tendency of mine that the uh, some executive sees as a compliment to one of his tendencies or lack of tendencies and therefore uses me to overcompensate for something. Uh, uh, for example, oh look, we hired a guy who can make fun of our stuff. Uh, that means I'm cool. That means uh, I, I can laugh at myself. That's my dream job. In other words, I have to run my own company so that I don't your, have to your fire dream myself. is a little depressing. Yeah. It's horribly <laughs> depressing because it is informed by it is informed by the viscous syrup of reality. It's what it is. <laughs> it is. It is. It is the dream of the real. It's a dream. In other words, I want a job where I don't yeah. have to to fire myself. Uh, we yeah. also have. Uh, we also have our uh, regular stand-in panelist, Christian Nutt, in the show yes. today. Scandalous. Uh, Christian, what would your dream job in the industry be? Well, yeah, see, the problem, I have the same problem Tim has to an extent, which is where my dreams have now met reality. Uh, so I, it's hard, to, it's hard to, to, to say that. Uh, I don't know. My dream job is probably to, to write interesting stories for games, and whatever that entails. For oh, games. Yes. That's pretty neat. Uh, like a scenario writer. Yes, exactly. Well, that was my goal when I was a, when actually when I was a teenager. I used to well, I mean, used to. Uh, I played a lot of um, JRPGs, of course. And my goal, and, and actually what I went to college for for a little while, was the idea that I would become that my, mystical scenario writer type person, mm -hmm. uh, which uh, that didn't happen. What, what sort of scenarios. scenario writer would you be? Yeah. Uh, what do you mean? Like, like if you had to pick a scenario writing role model. Mm, a scenario writing role model. Ooh. Who would you want to tweet about your scenario as being great? That's if interesting. Uh, maybe, mm -hmm. probably right now, my my role model is um, Uchikoshi, the Kataro Uchikoshi from uh, 999 in Virtue's Last Ooh. Reward. Good Chinsoft guy, right? Yeah, he's yeah. he's quite a, he's a quite a good. As far yeah, as he's I'm pretty concerned. good. Nice. Uh, I so, still have to play that VLR game. I would, yeah. I, if I were a scenario writer, I would want Yuji Hori. To say yes, that right. could, mine was yeah. the best. I can accept that, that answer. To say that he's going to uh, go lie down in his bathtub and wait for the end because my <laughs> scenario was so good. Uh, so, Tim, uh, you won last week's episode, uh, so that means you get to pick the first topic for this week's show. Oh, man. Oh, man. 
I remember you seeing that, but I was just so busy with stuff. He did just say it like a couple hours ago as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was. That was exactly when I was so busy <laughs> with stuff. Like I'm not even kidding. So you uh, can pass, and I'll count it against you in the future. And the uh, penalty will be harsh, and it will. How be about this? How about I, uh, uh, Christian Nutt? Is there anything you would like to talk about right now? <laughs> do you want? Oh, do you want to? That does not fly. How about this? Let's talk about uh, if if Yuji Hori. Wrote, okay. Let's say that 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 uh, Yuji Hori was put in charge of a Sonic the Hedgehog RPG. Okay. What, what oh would it God. be like? Yes. What would what would a Dragon Quest game about Sonic the Hedgehog be like? Well, that's a really interesting yeah. question because it's his pacing of the Dragon Quest games is so deliberate. It's like the exact opposite. I mean, I know it's hard to compare across genres, but it's like that's quite a. But I think for one thing, it would finally get rid of the shitty friends problem. Like he would put in interesting, quirky friends. Yeah, we'd have some good friends. And there'd only be would Tails be one of them? I don't know if you could get rid of Tails. Tails Tails is pre friend problem. Maybe I think, like... <laughs> I think it would be really uh, it would it would be cuter, and I think it would have less of the less of the fake attitude, and any any problems that came up in it would be more um, more problems that the player feels bad about. Like, mm. oh no, this situation is not good, and the characters will be like, "We could do this," and you'd be like, "Oh man, I don't know if you can." Um, and also, it being Yuji Hori as the writer doesn't uh, doesn't uh, did, what eliminate the possibility of it being a game like Rocket Slime. It yeah, could, it mm-hmm. could be a Zelda-like right. game, so it could have some Sonic action in it. Yeah, yes, that's I was true. I was thinking of Rocket Slime immediately. Uh, that's good. Because I would play a Sonic Rocket Slime game all the way through. And also, let's not forget, he did a whole bunch of the stuff on Chrono Trigger as well. So yeah. it could be like Chrono Trigger in addition to that. It could be like a Chrono Trigger Rocket Slime. They could have well, hey. serious sci-fi themes. Sonic CD had the time-traveling element in it, so there you, you go. Know, you know, I, wasn't, I definitely wasn't thinking of it as a Dragon Quest game at all. Uh, the Dragon Quest games are real good, though. No, I, I, not to, not yeah, to I mean, I know, diss I them. I just didn't, didn't think that a Sonic game, a Sonic game by Yuji Horii would like. He's not going to be like, ah, I'm going to do this one thing that I've done before. He'd probably have a whole bunch of new ideas that were really neat. Um, it, it might be like yeah. nothing we've ever seen. Certainly wouldn't be like that Bioware one. Right. Oh, that so Bioware one's terrible. That's that's why I bring this up. Cause... It does have the greatest soundtrack of all time, though. It, it is. Uh, the soundtrack is pretty neat. I don't yeah, remember it's it. Weird, but it's neat. So if it were a, a Yuji Hori uh, Dragon Quest Rocket Slime Chrono Trigger Sonic the Hedgehog game, that would be really cool. I'm thinking yeah. of the battle system. You would like. So in Zelda: Link to the Past, you hold down the the A button to charge Link up. So then he runs with his sword in front of him. So you could hold a button and then release to make Sonic do a spin dash, and that would be his attack. And it would like. Like, the longer you hold the button, the further he moves on the screen. Something really simple. There's, like, enemies with shields, so you have to, like, get them from behind so you don't bounce off their, like, shields that look like big bumpers, like Sonic the Hedgehog bumpers. I was, I was thinking something like, uh, <clears throat> you know, you could... Um, that half-minute hero game where you press mm. A... Oh, that go, game is so fucking good. ...to go awesome. faster and, and, and speed through it. Uh, you could do something like that with Sonic spinning faster, but um, instead of it 
just having like just making the game go faster, it would uh, you know you would have some kind of meter that depletes for 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 spinning, so you can you can do it a certain amount of time for a certain amount of time in a given scenario, and then uh, and then you're out of spin dash for a little while. I think Maybe. like. Yeah. The thing that it makes me like, interested is try to, try to figure out what he would do with the world of Sonic because the world of Sonic is so sort of undefined and confusing and and like keeps changing as well because I think they realize that there isn't a world of Sonic but like you know it used to be the human world but Sonic and you know like the, remember the president in the limo in Sonic Adventure Two Battle and stuff yeah. it's, it's, oh, yeah. it's like and there's uh, obviously I mean. Not to give too much credence to any creative direction the Sonic franchise has had, it seems to be completely inconsistent. But I have a feeling that he could bring actually the kind of unity the the series just yeah. doesn't have. You know, I would totally play a game that's <clears throat> that's like those uh, those puzzle games where there's RPG stuff happening on the top and you're in your matching puzzle things. I would do yeah. something like that that wasn't just a puzzle game. That was that was you. Making interesting choices, but those choices were reflected by what Sonic does in in a world with his party. Uh, that would yeah. be neat. So I'm thinking, like, uh, instead of friends, maybe we could have a bunch of friends, but they would be your Dragon Quest jobs. Party. Oh, jobs. Yeah. Sure. So you would choose which friends are with you at any mm-hmm. given time, and they would level up. Like you've got Knuckles; he's the fighter. Class yeah, he's the something. I, the I imagine artist. it being a lot like the uh, ally system in Dragon Quest Three, where there are yes. kind of boilerplate templates, kind of a guild rotating, or or nine is much the same. Right, nine nine is very similar. Yeah, nine nine is built right on top of that. So I think that Tails, would be cool. And so the Tails reason drops this... bombs because uh, he did that in that in that Genesis game. I mean the Game Gear game. Sure. There you go. And, well, he flies uh, these... planes. That's his big thing. Yeah, that's so the the reason this comes up is we were talking about. Right before the podcast, we were talking about scenario writing, role models. And also, I just remembered today that, that Mario and Luigi game for the 3DS is coming out really soon. And mm. I was looking at stuff on it, and I was like, man, these games are so well-made and uh, kind of neat. Oh, yeah. The and then Mario I was like, series is pretty yeah, and I was like, this is kind of this sort of game that, that I think Yuji Hori would approve of, is what I was thinking when I looked at that. Uh, and then, you know, for better or for worse. And then I was like, what if there was a Sonic the Hedgehog game like this? Why isn't there? It would be... It, Sonic lends himself to that kind of perspective and action. So, yeah. the, Sega, if you're listening, that's a pitch. Well improvised. Get on the horn with me. Our next Hon- topic. Nintendo is once again everyone's hero as it steps in to save Shin Megami Tensei developer Atlas. What are the oh, future man. implications of this acquisition? Wait, is so that, did, is did that real or is that... A, I thought that was a rumor. I think that happened. I don't think that happened. No, I don't think that happened. <laughs> I did not do the research. But we can, we can still talk about what the potential yeah. well, implications it's, would be. It, it's at a point of almost yeah. happening that everyone is talking about it as if it yeah. already... We can talk about right. that topic. It's perfectly yeah, viable. Certainly. Let's so go I have, do it. I have opinions which are that, first of all... That means that like mainline Persona games are going to come out on a system that I don't own, which is too bad. Uh, which is the Wii U. Um, well, that's I, not necessarily true. Why not the 3DS? Yeah, if it comes out on the threes, that'd be okay. Mm-hmm. But um, it's. Uh, I really hope 
I guess this is not a prediction. This is a hope. I hope that Atlas can stick to making the the main series bits of their games, just to making them as games and not having to introduce any of Nintendo's gimmick stuff that uh-huh. they that they like to get people to do. Because one of the things I've always liked about about the <clears throat> the Atlas games on Nintendo and Sony hardware and whatever. It's it's like they just made a video game and then they made it work well on that device and that 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 was it. And I, I wouldn't want them to have to be like, now swirl your stylus around a bunch of times because I'm not into that. I don't think... Uh, that, I mean, when it comes to Nintendo versus Sony, I could be wrong, but I think that Nintendo's less forces second-party developers and stuff yeah. to, to do like, that stuff. But did you notice- I don't know. Xenoblade, for example, yeah. you can play with just the regular classic controller and none mm-hmm. of the yeah. pointy stuff. I mean, I think the best yeah. argument, because like, a lot of people are sort of predicting story as, well. as happening, and I think that if you just look at like Xenoblade in the last story, you don't really need to be too scared if this happens. Yeah. You know what I mean about Nintendo doing anything weird? I think Nintendo, especially, they clearly, I mean, I think the hint of this was the Shin Megami Tensei versus Fire Emblem game, which I seem to see like Nintendo investing in things like Atlas and Sega with Sonic is kind of their way of trying to bail out the Japanese game industry from destroying itself and yeah. at the same time get some really good games. So Yeah. Yeah, they're also though I wish they were doing a little more um investing. They're not they're they're investing on like a way high level. And some and of the stuff the, is weird, like like Bayonetta. Yeah. Like yeah. they they bought that's Bayonetta. That's that's kind of weird. Well, but, I mean okay. I, I mean, Inaba basically confirmed what I suspected, which was that, I mean, basically... becoming an IP-owning house? No, no, or... basically that Bayonetta wasn't going to happen unless someone yeah. started paying right. for it, and that person was Nintendo because that's who they found. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Sega is not in great shape, and I think... I mean, this is me. This is I can't remember exactly what Inaba said, so I don't want to misquote him slash imply things that, that aren't true, but, I mean, I get the sense. I think they just... For whatever reason, Sega couldn't really afford to dump any more money in Bayonetta and had to find a partner, and they found Nintendo. I would rather Nintendo buy Sega, but that's a separate discussion. Well, I, I mean, yeah. that, that's a really big separate discussion, and I think that, that the fact that that hasn't happened yet is slightly confusing to me, and I think yeah, the real reason that Sega needs to be cut into pieces probably to be sold, but to, like effectively. War. Yeah. Hmm? It's yeah, the console so, Cold War. Yeah. That's right. The, the console war. So, so I mean, I, thinking... I, I, go ahead. Oh yeah, okay. Uh, why why wouldn't somebody like I would rather somebody like Gung Ho uh, buy Atlas because they seem to know Gung Ho ex- would be good. They seem to know exactly what they're doing. Atlas does, I mean, yeah. and uh, they sure haven't. And this is to their credit, they sure haven't done anything drastically different from their previous stuff mm-hmm. over the last twenty years or so. They've they've stuck to a bible, you know, and I like that. And uh, Nintendo's got money, but I think it would be nicer for Atlas if they could get their stuff on a whole bunch of stuff, and uh, we could have yeah, it would Persona games on iPhone or whatever, you know? Because why the heck not? You know? That, yeah, I think Gung Ho is me. a good option, but you have to think about who's feasible. Gung Ho is the first feasible thing besides Nintendo that's been suggested that from others, some from somebody. Yeah. Um. You know, I, so Atlas is uh. It, the, the the main effect that this is going to have is that Atlas's audience is going to shrink somewhat. That's yes. Uh, like Unless it, it's somebody like Gung Ho. Yeah, 
as as we know, yeah, I mean, if if a platform holder buys them, then Atlas audience Atlas's audience will shrink, and that's that's kind of a scary thing for a company that is in trouble, and they're getting purchased to get out of trouble. Well, and, that's, uh, I think you're sort of conflating two things. They're not in trouble because the game division of Index... Oh, no, certainly trouble. not. I know They're that. They're in trouble because of the rest of Index. So, I mean, I don't think no, you're I saying just, that... I mean corporate wariness. They're going to be like, we just left a, a company that uh, screwed up and left us in the lurch, and we're going to move to a company that uh, limits what platforms we can release on. Yeah, but I mean... But I would just be a little scared of that. I guess Nintendo would give them kind of the absolute creative freedom that they they probably deserve, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, At the same well. time, I mean, I feel like with Etrian Odyssey four and like Shin Megami Tensei four being some of the most successful launches in those franchises ever, they probably wouldn't be quite as scared of having mm-hmm. to publish for Nintendo platforms as you might be suggesting. Yeah, and there is there is the fact that well, so while uh, you know Persona four is probably still the best-selling Vita game. It probably sold less than uh, Shin Megami Tensei 4, I would imagine. Yeah, Actually, I mean, I, I don't know. I it's should probably, probably back a... that up with, with numbers instead of guessing. <laughs> I don't My know, guess would, it, I... would be not, but globally, but I, I have a feeling... I know, I think Shin Megami Tensei 4 sold better than Persona 4 in Japan, and we would have to look this up, but um, yeah. I don't know about America, obviously, I have a feeling, but in the end, it's not. we're not talking about, like, you can finish your sentence. You can finish your sentence, dude. Finish your sentence. We are not talking about like double, triple discrepancy. We're just talking about like you know, ten, ten to fifty percent at maximum or something. You know what I mean? So I, I, I want to say that uh, if if they do get bought by Nintendo, uh, and I don't have a Wii U, but I, I kind of want one because they've got that new Xenoblade game. They've got Super Mario 3D World. Uh, I guess the Bayonetta 2, that wonderful one-on-one game, if they had, like, Persona 5 or something for Wii U, why not? You know? Our next topic, design a video game for Google Glass. Oh, God. Google Um, Blame? The first thing that came to to mind is a, uh, a $10 app that purports to remove clothes from the body of a person. It's like that... That's not a X, game. Those x-ray specs. Oh. I could gamify it. Those x-ray specs that you see in the back of... That's a cop-out. I could gamify it. I was thinking it would be a game... Something that puts up a really distracting, irritating message that tries to psych you out while you're trying to do a task. That you've been like, you get assigned a task, then it like plays a really irritating... Have you played with Google Glass? <laughs> it plays like an irritating or distracting or insulting message about your person or something, and or just like, you can't fucking do this, you loser. That's the you know, worst. You have to like... <laughs> and you have a time limit, and then you, you <laughs> oh have to Oh my god! <laughs> or if the Google Glass notices that you're urinating, it can, uh, it can tell you to, to hurry up, and it'll be like... <laughs> We'll give you 50 points if you finish right now. Oh, God. <laughs> That'd be pretty good. Um, I was thinking a, a really, really simple one would just be, like, you can see a laser going out, and it hits objects, and they explode in the oh, real sure. world. Or yeah. explosions happen there, and you get points for blowing up your friends. Did you see that? There was a thing... Uh, uh, there was, like, a thing that I saw somebody link on Twitter. It's an in-gadget... Uh, or it was it was an Engadget article about this Google Glass controller that's a ring you wear on your ring finger and it's like a motion sensing ring. 
Did you guys see that? <laughs> no. Uh, it was linked around on Twitter a bunch. But yeah, it was. Uh, there's a ring that can be a motion sensing ring that you can use to do Google Glass gestures, and it can interface with Google Glass. And there's like a battery fit in there somehow, and uh, that could work for a video game. Yeah, I mean, you could you could Google Glass could assess your your friends or other people that you see as potential party members for an RPG, and you mm-hmm. can cast spells by putting your hand out with that ring thing and doing various things like that. I don't think there are any games that I would want to exist on that, though. So that's why I think that's why I'm coming up with these inane things, because I don't well, think I want to play any games on that. It's pretty limited. I mean, have you ever used one? I mean, it basically nah. is... Like, I got to try one really briefly at E3. Also, I couldn't see it because I had to take off my glasses to use it, so that was <laughs> But um, <laughs> I, uh, it's, it's, it's basically just a little screen that's floating in front of your eye, and it really doesn't, you know what I mean? It doesn't do that much, let's face it. You know what I, I, mean? I so, kind of want to try one on, but I know that I won't be able to see anything with it on, right. and uh, I won't even, probably won't be able to focus on the screen. Is it the left eye or the right eye? Left Oh, okay. That's that's my better eye. So who knows? I've never tried it. I'm I'm not sure that I particularly care to. I mean, uh, someone I once spoke to mentioned uh, there's a million dollars waiting on the table for the first person to make a Dragon Ball Z app that arbitrarily assigns people power levels. Power levels. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. That Somebody that's not quite that. a game. Cliffy B keeps uploading photos of his Google Glass, and there's a there's a photo of him with his hands on his Lamborghini steering wheel. Yeah. That he uploaded, and somebody was like, "Who took the picture?" I thought yeah. that was really funny. He retweets that every every time someone says that. Like there was one yeah. where he was on the toilet reading something, and it see you should see his hairy legs and and his and his hands in like a magazine, and someone's like, "Who took the picture?" And he retweeted that. It's funny because he always tags like, like taken with glass or something like that in there. Yeah, it's, people, it's, uh, that's people, the custom hashtag. That yeah, people still can't figure those. it out. I'm yeah. so glad we have enabled people to tweet from the toilet, first person yeah. view. This is, this, is, this is what we were waiting for. Turtle, you tweet. can almost smell it. You need smell o vision now. Yeah, I don't want yeah, smell o vision. I don't either. So I think. Uh, uh, the Google Glass thing, this is really simple. Okay, this is the game I would make. Is, uh, I would make a game where you you just wink and it fires like you see like a, a missile projectile move out, right? Mm-hmm. And you're just trying to shoot people uh, in the head. <laughs> As you, so it's like how many headshots can you get in one day? It's like Street Pass but anonymous and you're just shooting people in the head. Well, Street Blast. Street Blast is what I really was going to call it. (laughs) No kidding. Before you uh, spoiled it, it's a it's a street massacre. Oh, there you go. That's that's better. Yeah. Let's let's merge them and make it Street Blastiker. Yeah. (laughs) And then take the word street out and just call it Blastiker, and that's the name of the game. Also, the name of our podcast. Get on it, please. So it's I don't I don't know what the visual uh, the visual capabilities of the Google Glass are or what its proximity sensing is or what its visual... I don't know too much Just run it with it. At all, I guess. Just take it further. But, but you wink and then you can see a missile <laughs> flying and it, if it touches what 
Google Glass can recognize as a human head, you get a point. <laughs> nice. And uh, it tweets at at maybe 11.59 a.m. every day, right before noon, it tweets how many people you killed in the last 24 hours. <laughs> nice. I killed 850 real humans. <laughs> so this is turning into cigarette. But you could, Basically, you, could just, yeah. you could just stand in the mirror and wink at yourself. Oh. Yeah, it, would, it would know what you look like. Yeah. Right. You would only be able to shoot each human once. We would work on that. Right, facial recognition, that sort of thing. Yeah, FR. Next, what are, the best, what are the best multiplayer games for a person with one arm? Whoa! Uh, JS Joust, but you kind of need... Uh, I mean, I'm not going to say there's no, uh, there's no way to play it. With just one arm, but or uh, having a second arm does help in that. Yeah, but uh, you could definitely do it for sure. You could you uh -oh. could get up in it. Um, I would say Wii Sports probably actually. Yeah, well, Wii Sports is you you can play Wii Sports without any hands or feet. Right. Uh, I mean, you can just hold the Wii in your mouth and. Do... I don't I don't know if that's <laughs> yeah. gonna work. So well. But that's not really a rich multiplayer experience. I don't know. Wii um, Sports is hella fun. You could yeah, play. Anyway. You could play cheeky Some cheeky boys. Did cheeky you guys know that? Uh, uh, what's the name? C C A Production, the company that made. Uh, God, I was just talking to Brandon about this the other day. Oh yeah. Um. <laughs> wow. How you do sure we were. We were just talking about this game, and now yeah. we don't remember the name of it. Wait, what's this name of this developer? Oh my oh, God. Uh, um, bulk slash. Bulk slash. Yeah, they, they. Did you guys know this is a secret that they they made Wii Sports Resort? I didn't know that. Wii. They did. Hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. That's a. Uh, I'm not gonna back that up. If anybody else well, out there wants to do the research, <laughs> well, the thing is, up. there's there's different levels of made. I mean, they they did all the grunt work on it. Right, and that I believe. Yeah, they did. They did all the grunt work, and they they actually made the thing with Nintendo's milestone schedule and production schedule. They just sat down and did it. Uh, also, they've done all the grunt work on all the Mario Party games. If fun fact for our listeners, Tim tells exactly one lie in every podcast. That's and not I can true. find out what it is. It's not that true is, at that all. That is not true. Uh, and that is this week's lie. Yeah. <laughs> it's not necessarily... I mean, like, Game Arts, Game Arts made uh, Smash Brothers Brawl. You know, this they is sure not... Did. It's not unlikely that that's possible. Yeah, um, well, so keep in mind that the, the connection here is that uh, Hudson... Published Bulk Slash, and Hudson was the developer for all the Mario Party games. Yes. And, uh, I mean, it's pretty easy to look up. If you look at CA Productions' website, you can see that they made ten multiplayer party games, the titles of which have been redacted, mm -hmm. and the publisher of which has been redacted, but it's all listed in their... their yeah, thing. that's how the Japanese things are. No, I, I mean, I have no like, trouble I mean, believing it. Yeah, they, they, they did Wii Sports Resort. I know because I talked to somebody at a party once who worked for them, and they're like, yeah, I worked on Wii Sports Resort last year. That's what we've been doing for a while. Neat. I'm like, there you go. So that was it. That's how I'm backing that up. And uh, can we stop perpetrating the uh, uh, the, the quote-unquote joke of me being a person who lies about stuff or makes stuff up? Because sometimes I don't. All right. a, lot of, a lot of the times I don't. I won't I'm, make that I'm clearly a, what was meant to be a joke. Ever. I have made a concerted effort on this podcast to always talk about real stuff. Okay. Or obviously joke about stuff. 
And I'm tired of getting emails that start with, is it true what you said on the podcast about this? Like, I'm not going to sit here and make stuff up to people. All okay? right. Let's, uh, let's, right. Can we get back on the topic of yeah, we what can. was the this topic? This is the topic. It's a best I'm multiplayer changing. games for one I'm armed person. The topic now. Listen, I'm sorry, Tim. I'm sorry. I was making so, a joke. It's definitely Wii Sports. One button games. Uh, one fun hand. Also game. are good. So that cheeky cheeky boys game. It's actually that's actually like a 16 button game, but you only need one hand really. Wait, what cheeky cheeky boys? Are you sure you mean? Do you mean cheeky cheeky boys is a, like a platformer for the Genesis and other 16 bit? Oh systems. wait. Are you thinking Bishibashi Special? No, yeah, uh, it's no, really it's good. it's the new game that Keita Takahashi did. Tenya no. Wanya Teens. Tenya yes. Wanya Teens, god darn it. <laughs> I think I think two hands kind of helps a lot with that. Uh, that's a, that's yeah. a hilarious uh, in it is incorrect a game sort, of, sort of about cheeky boys. Well, I uh, I am I am nominating Bishibashi Special then. Yeah, sure. Uh, so I I want to go ahead and say that as I was saying, this is the topic. Uh, Wii Sports Resort. Uh, most of the games are just the Wiimote, but Wiimote with the Motion Plus, meaning there's, there is a breadth of nuance to yeah. the movement of the thing, and all of them can be played with just one hand. So it it's is very, it's, it's a quite, a good, quite a good game, also Wii Sports yeah. Resort. I, I actually like Wii Sports Resort so much, and I was the person who gave Wii Sports a one-star review and said it was trash that should be sold in the supermarket, and that your grandmother only played it with you because... She you hates didn't, you. You didn't ever talk to her for any other reason. Uh, the game's not actually that special. She was just glad you were talking to her. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I actually, I think I have respect for Wii Sports, but I have a lot more for. I Wii think Sports. that if you take out grandmother and you put other person, that's actually true of a lot of multiplayer <laughs> games, though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. So. But it was um, it was the the grandmother was the one that was on YouTube. It was always like, look, our grandma played Wii Sports at Thanksgiving with us. She's oh my god, it's a game that our grandmother likes. She's and moving like, for the first time in five years. It's like yeah, you could have probably just you know played a board game with her. <laughs> I think uh, years ago instead of waiting. Okay, go ahead. What you can what play you dive think? kick? Okay. Oh. You can play dive kick, yeah. If if uh, you get a, a normal fight stick with two buttons, heck yes. Yeah. But the 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 stupid dive kick controller they have. No offense to it, but it's just those two giant pop and music buttons. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know that's probably not the optimal way to play the game. In fact, I think for real humans, uh, I think playing it just like on a computer keyboard is probably the best way to play it. Yeah. Ding dong. Ding dong. Our next question comes from listener Kyle Robinson. He asks, what is the game you're most proud of beating without the help of a strategy guide or walkthrough? First of all, more like Ryle Cobbinson. Nice. Yes. Right? Showed him who's Do we all agree on that? I oh, think yes. so. And second of all, <laughs> Motion I don't need carry. to answer your question. I don't need to answer that question because Ryle Cobbinson, because that's it. <laughs> um, you showed him. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I want to point out that I have uh, I have read nothing on uh, Shin Megami Tensei 4 yet. Uh, I, I never look at guides. All right. uh, I played through Earthbound sanctimoniously, not cracking that guidebook once when I was 14. Was so, that your proudest non-walkthrough achievement? 
Then. Uh, given how, upon finishing the game, how awesome it was to look over that guidebook, I am pretty proud of having not uh, given in to the awesome. Nice. During that. This is a hard question. Um, I mean, we're we're all me, Brandon, and Christian all are of the era before guidebooks, anyway. Yeah. Right? I mean, so, I played a lot of I played a lot of hard games, but I mean, I beat Ultima Exodus without knowing anything about it. I beat like seventy five. Well, this is actually a funny story. I uh, so way back when you know in the old days, I was playing Fantasy Star One on the Sega Master System. If anyone else has played that game, is very hard. It's it's excruciating. And, and towards the very end, the dungeons get really, really, really difficult. And it didn't occur to me as a kid, even though I know this is what you're supposed to do now in retrospect, thanks to Etrian Odyssey, um, break out the graph paper. Um, I didn't actually occur to me that you could do that. So I called Sega's tip line because I couldn't make my way through. I believe it was Bayou Melee, but I'm not sure. One of the last dungeons. And I said, how do you get through this dungeon? And they're like, don't try. We'll mail you a guide. And they did. Printed out on like laser, <laughs> like laser printed on. Don't even uh, try. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Yes. Um, do you still have it? That's. That you I probably... don't think I do. I wish I did. I mean, it might be somewhere in my, uh, in like my parents' like house or whatever in a box. I hope it is. But it was basically just a walkthrough, like kind of like GameFAQ style walkthrough, printed out on like you know photocopy paper, and then at the end it was maps for all the dungeons that someone had made, like using like. Bearing in mind, this game game came out in 1988. Or I guess yeah, in America even it was uh, yeah. like someone had used like an old Macintosh. You could tell it was Mac, like paint program with like you know dot matrix printed like perfect grid maps of every map in the entire game, and that was you know with the nice dot matrix headers and everything. Do it you was, still have that? I don't know. I haven't seen it in that years. That would be awesome. I, 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 I would pay you one hundred dollars for that. I think eBay would pay me a Whoa. shitload of money for that, but yeah. I, yeah, not that ten I would. Million. Because I'm probably the only person who actually called Sega and asked for help with Fantasy Star and then got mailed that goddamn Everybody else was too busy not playing it, probably. Yes. Long-time listeners of the show know I collect video game maps. Video game maps are pretty cool. That would be uh, a real relic to have. Mm -hmm. It's hard for me to think of one that I'm really particularly proud of beating, but I guess I was proud-ish at the... I didn't actually beat it at the time, though. So I don't know if if it works, but I played... Almost all the way through uh, East books one and two on the Turbo Graphics with uh, without a, a guide, and I did. I didn't use graph paper. I just used regular sheets of paper, and I drew maps oh, myself. Nice. I had a whole bunch of maps that I drew. Funny, uh, I was thinking that game too because especially two has got really complicated dungeons. Actually, yes. with confusing. That's why I didn't beat it. Yes. Like the the that they are that quite castle, I think it's dark yeah. dark facts. Is it dark fact in two? No, Dark Fact is, is, is only in is one. one. Yeah. yeah, so anyway, the castle that you get to towards S- the very Solomon end. Shrine. Yeah. I just got, like, all confused there. Solomon Shrine stopped. is extremely confusing. Um, yeah. I beat, uh, yeah, no, I would feel, I feel pretty decently proud mm-hmm. of having beaten that. I Actually, though, I did, again, I was the tip line calling kid. I know I called about East a couple times to TurboGrafx's hint line. They actually had one. We were, mm-hmm. we were too poor for me to ever do anything like call a tip line, so... Uh, I, I I think I want to go ahead and give my definitive answer as Landstalker. Land that was my prediction. That was is my prediction. A, is right a there. huge thanks. Thanks for knowing me that well. Uh, Landstalker is a huge, weird, big, hyper dense Zelda-like game. That because it was such a game on 
the Madden console, let's face it, that's what the Genesis was in the U.S., because it was on the Madden box, uh, there was no popular literature of the era, like, detailing any tips and tricks for Landstalker. Same thing with Fantasy Star 2, but Fantasy Star 2 was... I didn't, I didn't really like it until a couple years later, and now I don't like it anymore. But, uh, like, for example, when Super Metroid came out, we were able to just pick up an issue of EGM that had some maps and be like, yeah, there you go, we can get through this. And when Zelda 2, The Adventure of Link, came out, I cannot admit to being untainted regarding tips and tricks for that game because video games and computer entertainment had full maps of all the dungeons in one issue. It was like a free guidebook that you paid three bucks for just because you wanted to read that Andy Eddy's delightful columns, right? And, uh, yeah, so Landstalker, there was nothing anywhere about it uh, aside from some awesome screenshots in GameFan, and I demolished that game. I found everything, and I got all the stuff without any help, no game facts, no internet. How long did it take you? uh, The first playthrough took 22 hours uh, to, to beat the game, and then... The second playthrough was 17 hours, and eventually I got it down to six. But and he got everything in 22 hours? Uh, yeah, 22 hours was the, the quest where I beat the game, beat all the dungeons, got all the stuff, busted up uh, uh, a bunch of crap. Nice. Uh, and got all of the things. All of the, except there's uh, life stocks you can miss. During I, have, uh, I have just a quick thing to sure. add there. Um because I, I, I thought about this, and I think I was also proud of beating, well, almost beating, because I, I don't beat stuff, really. I just almost beat them. Um, almost beating Riviera on the Wonderswan. In, mm. That was the first RPG that I got almost all the way through uh, in Japanese, mm. and I was reading it, and I was proud of myself for that, and then related um, Astonishia story on the GP32 in Korean, a language that I did not understand at all, and I managed to get through that, even though it had a lot of um, questions that needed to be answered and things like that. So I, was... oh, I, I guess I could also say in 2001, I got all the way through Dragon Quest V uh, while writing down words, like, and learning, using it to learn the language and actually beat the game in the process. Yeah. I feel good stuff. about that. I didn't use any guides for that. I, I mean, I already did know Chinese, so I was able to understand what the kanji sort of meant. All right. Our next yeah. question. What is the difference between an artistic game and a pretentious game? I was hoping you were going to say autistic. Well, um, no. Um, no, don't hope that. Okay, I won't. Okay. Nice. I'm glad. Artistic, I'm glad. Artistic and pretentious. Well, isn't that all in the eye of the beholder, really? Yes, and in this case, you are the beholders. Oh, man. So what? It's me. But it's not like... The lens has been turned upon me, like every artist wishes. I just don't know if you could say that, like, there's no general blanket rule. I mean, like, to to go back to the lens, you know, the eye of the beholder thing, like, you could point at certain games and we could argue about whether or not those individual games are are artistic artistic or pretentious. Also, that's kind of a... Interestingly silly. It's a bit of a silly reductive dichotomy. Well, yeah. Well, I, so I guess what, part of the reason what, I put it that way. A way we could do it is potentially we could we could try to say a couple games that we think are art if we can think of those, and then we can try to say a couple games that we think are pretentious, and then that'll be from our individual perspectives. Three arts and three pretenies, each of you. Go. A lot of, wait, 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 wait. So nine total. That's a lot. <laughs> 
No, no. So, uh, one six, of each. Six, six each for us. Yeah. yeah wow. Well, are we? What are we doing? Math? What is this? Is uh, this first each grade of you math class? Names three art games and three pretend games. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, so. I, I honestly uh, don't use the word pretentious to describe to something that a person has made. Yeah. Uh, you use the word pretentious to describe a person. Right. And quite frankly, I don't really think anybody who makes games that are accused of being pretentious, like people accuse that Jonathan Blow guy or that Phil Fish guy of being pretentious, but pretentious means you are pretending to be something you're not, hence the first six letters of the word, right? right? So, so how like, how I want to say it is is something that for you, um, it it overreaches its art and becomes right. something that does not resonate with you. Yeah, uh, like for me, for me though, I respect the work that the guy does. Passage is something that that tries for something but does not. Work for me, um, and so we'll, we, we'll let's maybe not say pretentious, but but an ar- like an artistic attempt that you can see, but which falls flat for you. Right. No, that's that's totally not the definition of pretentious. No, it's not. I know it's not. So if we're I, going totally away from pretentious, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think I we should. When yeah. the word pretentious is used in the gaming media at large, that is what is meant. Yeah, mm. but I don't think we're gonna gaming media. No, I think the gaming uh, is pretty dumb. Yes. Just- People yeah, who I mean, don't understand what pretentious means. Yes. I think the gaming media at large uses the word pretentious to mean like, what's this? What's this guy trying to do in my video games? Make them all arty, you know? Yeah. Like, it's, if you if you add up the intersection of all of the the traits of things that mainstream video game media press has described as pretentious, you will wind up with the definition that something is pretentious if it's not exactly like the. The game that, that you sells expect. more copies than every other game. That is what what you will end up with. So whatever game is the number one selling game in any given year, uh, the mainstream media thinks it's pretentious to be a game that is not that game. <laughs> but at the same time, I think that conversely, there's a whole bunch of the mainstream media now who's like falling over themselves to like fillet anything that they think is artsy, and it's sort of the same exact. Op- it's like this is the converse of the thing you just said. Like they're no more equipped to make that. The the the, uh, the uh, determination. It, it is it is interesting to see something like the see the reaction to something like Cappy's game below, which all they really showed was a dude walking around and some nice moody music and stuff, and some people were like, "Oh my god, what is this bullshit? It's just a dude walking around. Why does anyone care?" And then a bunch of other people were like, "Oh my god, it's clearly going to be the best thing ever," and both of them are probably. Those people are both uh, being pretentious. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And, uh, you know, I'm excited about that game because I think that Chris Petrowski, who is the creative director, is a really smart dude, and I know he's going to make a game that I will enjoy because he's done it a bunch of times. How dare um, you use that as your reasoning behind being interested in the game? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, I get like, interested we could... in games that other people are interested in. If, if I see somebody who's smart say it's cool, then I yeah. start saying it's cool. That's a joke. I don't do that. <laughs> um, next next I you're mean... going to tell me you're really excited about D4 when you haven't seen anything about it. And no. The D4 trailer was pretty cool. I'm excited about that. And yeah. also, it's made by cool people. It yeah, cool it's a stuff. it's a it's a game that's made by cool people. And I mean, you know, I'm excited about the the new Dragon Guard, and I haven't I haven't sure. played the earlier Dragon Guards, 
I just liked Nier a lot, and Tim likes Drakengard. So I like Drakengard a lot. That mm-hmm. those two things combined means, well, I'll probably like this, maybe. Yeah. At so, any rate, we'll get a great soundtrack. Heck so yeah. So what would you call, what is an arty game to you, Brandon? Um, so Uncharted? Because it's got the word art in it. <laughs> yeah. Unch- Uncharted. It's also wow. got the word unchi in it. Yeah. Sort of. What what if it was called Buncharted? Like like a bunch of uncharted things. Uh, I was thinking like Buncharted like it started a rabbit. Like we're Oh heck. Sixteen bit like a sixteen bit platformer post Sonic era. Buncharted. Rocky Roden. Though though Nathan Drake would actually be a goose. Yeah, he yeah, would so be a, a, a Drake. Yeah, that, that's right. It kind of it de- depends. Like, I would almost call... Um, sorry, I sneezed. Um, I would almost call someone... A, a game like Flower uh, Art mm. in that it tries to tell a story or it tries to tell something... Um, give you an idea that that you might not normally Have. think about. Yeah, and uh, Journey similarly. You know, like, yeah, I think Journey is a good a good lens through which to tackle this question because, in a certain yeah. sense, like on one hand, like I have no problem with Journey. I think Journey is a, a very nice game and very well made, enjoyable. I do see people's reactions to Journey, and I want to smack them because their 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 reactions are so overblown. Yeah. You like journey change in their life. It's, and all it's that. Like, I heard someone call it a truly transcendent experience, which to me right. That's ridiculous. is a, a little bit overblown for uh, what is essentially a really pretty version of like City Escape from Sonic Adventure. <laughs> yeah, tran- <laughs> transcendence is uh, it's actually just a figurative. Hey, hey City Escape from Sonic Adventure Two was a transcendent it's, experience. It's really hard to talk Danger about. Danger is lurking around every turn. It's, it's hard to talk about that game. Seriously, because of how insanely so many people have talked about it. But the yeah. the reason I would call that game, um, I would say that that is a good example of an artistic game. Is that 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 game started as uh, you know Genova Chen trying to find a certain feeling, like it. Mm. The, the thing mm. he was trying to tackle was this feeling. How do I get this game to? communicate this feeling to people and he uh, if you if you watch him talk about it he talks about all of the iterative things that they went through trying to hone in on a feeling rather than trying to hone in on a mechanic and I think that is an interesting you know that, that to me like what what artists are generally trying to do is communicate a certain thing abstractly through something that they've done that looks a certain way or sounds a certain way, and that's what he's trying to do with this game. And so, it whether it's successful or not, I think it is an attempt at an art project. Mm. That's that's something I can agree with. I can I can agree with that. I can agree with uh, much as I don't really like the game. I can agree with Fez being that because it seems to be yeah. honing honing a feeling. I would I like disagree, actually, about on Fez. Fez. I mean, I only played half of it. I think Fez is actually really no different than your average commercial game in the industry. Uh, well, it's, but it's got such a mood to it, at least yeah, for me. But it's just aesthetically, and like, I mean, it's got your grab bag of things that don't seem to go together, like the characters don't like yeah, have it's, the, it's the, mechanically the versus the world, you know, like and it's it, mechanically styleless is the word I would use. Yeah, not stylus, styleless. 
I think with that, it's time to go on to our next topic. Okay. What? The real pretentious game is calling Fez styleless mechanically. <laughs> that's, 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 what that's is the stylus? What yeah, is the stylus mechanical? <laughs> stylus mechanical? Stylus screws names, names mechanically. <laughs> stylus mechanically. <laughs> what is the best fourth game in a series? Fourth game? Oh, oh Fantasy man, that's, Star that's, 4, that's... East 4. Yeah, Fantasy Star 4 is the one that is popping into my head right now, oh, but East 4 Final is pretty Fantasy, good. Final Fantasy 4. Yeah, Final Fantasy 4. Head, uh, yeah, Final Fantasy harder. 4. Final yes. 4 to see. It's definitely yeah. not Super Mario World, aka known as Super Mario Brothers 4 in Japan. Right. Uh, it is definitely not that. No offense. I guess it's I guess it's not Sonic Adventure, which is probably Sonic 4. Oh uh, wait, Sonic no, there, there was a real Sonic 4, 4. Sonic right. the Hedgehog 4. No, that it's not. Was there a Sonic right. No, no, I'm there's no later. I'm not saying the fourth numbered game in a series. I'm saying the fourth iteration of a series. So, so Resident Evil 4 would not be the fourth game. Well, I like Grand Theft Auto 4, and I like well, that gets, uh, that gets a bit. 4. Yeah, that's that's too difficult, Jaffy, because then... Shin Megami Tensei 4. Because then all the, like, I'm not sure shitty she, and stuff is... Shin Megami Tensei 4 is really good, but I'm not sure if it is the... Yeah, uh, I don't think it is the fourth, like, or... I'm not sure it's the best game in the franchise yet. It's, it's, yeah, it's, like, very, hard, it's hard to say. It's the I think the really third hard. one is better. Well, the third one's better in a lot of really... I mean, the third one is, like, one of the most visually beautiful games ever made, and if only it had been about running through sand, people would have noticed. Um, I'm going to play that game eventually. <laughs> what? The, uh, uh, Nocturne? Nocturne? Yeah, yeah. No, Nocturne's just ridiculously, unbelievably gorgeous. They did The art direction is just amazing. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I never played it. Oh, I know why, because I don't tend... Uh, at that time, at the time it came out, I was not playing RPGs in the home, only what on uh, handhelds. Oh, yeah. That, that's it, why Brandon didn't play it. It's for nerds. It yeah, should have yeah. come out... I think, honestly, they should just port it to the 3DS now that they they've established the that as a place. Well, hey. Yeah. Or that, if, if Nintendo does buy Atlas, you can imagine all of their games will be released over and over again. I will. Forever. Forever. Yeah. Forever. It could use some tweakifying to bring it up to speed, and I literally mean that the way Shin Megami Tensei is fast. Um, four, it is that is. It is real fast. Um, they could, let's see, fours. Fours, fours, fours. So, I mean, I, I think Resident Evil 4. I like Evil Final 4, Fantasy 4. Resident Evil 4 yes. is the best Resident Evil. I don't I like go... Resident Evil 4 anymore. I'm sorry. That's okay. I don't like it. Uh, it, right. it, it did not age well, and anybody who says it did is... Uh, no, it, it didn't age super well, but we're talking bit. about best fours. I think Final Fantasy 4 is the best fourth game ever in a series. Uh, the... Uh, Final Fantasy IV is one of the best games ever made. I, I, I just, agree. I just thought of a good answer. What? Um, Forza what Motorsports? Yes, that was my We've joke. heard your joke before, Jaffe. <laughs> <laughs> We've all heard it in our souls before you joked it. Mm-hmm. We know exactly what <laughs> Is that crying? It's really loud. Jaffe. I'm sorry. Jaffe, that's so loud. What did you think uh, of? What did you think mm. of, Jaffe? Let's hear it. That, that was it. It was Forza Motorsport. No, was it? Yes. Yeah. Oh, is that why? Is that why the exaggerated reaction? Yes. Wow. Yes. Are, are you are you serious? I'm 100 serious. Oh man, I'm pretty funny. <laughs> if you were saying threes, I would say Valis three. Yes, but he's not. He's saying fours. Yeah, this is, no, three, three changes the question completely. It's, it's right. actually. Did you guys ever see the article I wrote for Kotaku about Year of the Three? How there were like twenty games with threes yes. coming out last year. Yeah. I thought that was a really or in two thousand. God, last year, two thousand eleven. Lord, 
I don't even know what year it is. 2013 is half over, and I'm still yeah. thinking of it as just having started. Yeah. Street Fighter 4 is a pretty good 4, but it's not the best Street Fighter. No, it, certainly not. We're not really saying it's the best of the series. We're saying it's best the best four. compared to other 4s. Well, yeah. I would I say that, that becomes a very strange question. That's I think. a very it difficult is. question, yeah. But, you know, let's let's think, not answer that question. Then. I think Street Fighter 4 <laughs> would probably be my, my current favorite 4. All right. uh, I still think Final Fantasy f- 4. I've, I've played yeah. Final Fantasy 4 50 times. And yeah, I would say I've played it every that. time. Yeah, it's yeah. a great game. It's really an amazingly well put together game. I only um, played it about half a time, so I don't you've really got have to, to say. got to got to get back on it. You, you should. It does all kinds really of things try. that this franchise is completely not like. It does a lot that, of things that RPGs don't do that it, it does really well. Also. And and it does them in such a I, I don't want to use the word cheap, but low cost, efficient, uh, fast paced manner. It was like they were trying to think about how to have the most possible panache on a 16-bit cartridge at the time. And they like, they just nailed it out of the park. Yeah. I do and like panache. It's, it's still the best. It is the best paced. It's the Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom of RPGs, I would say. Mm-hmm. Nice. Right. The pacing is is that like crystalline. I used a crystal because there's crystals in the game. Sure. It's that it's that crystalline in its perfection. It's right. just so well paced. I'll give it another look. See, someday. yeah, I think you can get it as a PlayStation One classic. And there's also a, there's the, have loading. There's a PSP version also. The loading is fast. Uh, the PSP version is downloadable onto Vitas now. If you have a Vita, it's like got that weird oh, is new high res graphical thing going on. But the other thing that it has is like the GBA era translation. Uh, so it oh, plays that's just like the probably good. Like, yeah. it plays exactly like the. SNES one, it has the weird high-res graphics that you can kind of take or think like a Korean MMO, or uh, and it's got the new translation. So it's and probably... furthermore, it, it there's also the iPad Retina port of the DS version, Is which there? I'm interested in. Yeah, I'm interested in that, but it's 18 bucks. Holy moly! I'm going... Whereas the the lowest cost alternative is to get it. Uh, get the PS1 classic version and put it on your Vita. The other thing is, Brandon, you also probably could get the DS cartridge like loose at a GameStop for $5 now or something. Yes. Yeah, you know yes, I may even own bucks. that. Hey, Brandon, do you have uh, the Four Warriors of Light uh, Final Fantasy? Oh, that would be a fun... fun I think I, think I got I think I want to play yeah. it again. It is very good. I don't know if I'd count that as a four. It's not as a four in the title. Okay. Wow, I, was, I wasn't actually thinking of that. but yes. I was when you said it. Uh, yes, excellent. If, if, you, if either of you guys has it and you don't want it, or if somebody has it and they don't want it, I, I really want to play that game and I can't find it. Yeah, I have I'll, it and uh, I want it. At GameStop. Next <laughs> topic, because if we're I have it, I don't a little want off it. of it. What about Madden 2004? Is that good? Okay, no. I'm joking. Let's keep going. Elder what? Scrolls 4, Oblivion. All right. <laughs> okay, forget that. Sorry. What feature would Disney Infinity have to announce to get you interested? They would have to say that the infinity was literal, that it yeah. literally goes on forever. Otherwise, I don't want to get started on a game that says it's going to go on forever. I played that god darn Bioshock Infinite, and the god darn thing was over in like 12 hours. Uh, do you they think told they're... Me, they told me it was infinite. Uh, do you think they're going to add an and beyond DLC? Oh my god. With yeah, Buzz probably. I call I Buzz Lightyear BLY, is what I call <laughs> Um... I found Man. out thanks to Animal Crossing Street Passing, and I Googled it to find out what it was that 
uh, people call him Bazulaito in Japan. So they that's Bazulaito. They do. I've I've heard. I've actually heard that. Buzzlight. Um, I guess Disney would have to uh, announce that by Disney they meant other properties you're actually interested in. Other properties that Disney owns that you're actually interested in? I don't know. Some something. Who's something. your favorite Marvel Comics character, Brandon? Mm, yeah, to pick one. Or Star yes. Wars character. All the the possibilities are there. Go with. Or them. or your favorite Starvolt Comics character. I don't Your know favorite if I have... DIC, or Deke animation character, considering Disney bought Deke in the 90s. So that'd be Inspector cool. Gadget. They bring Inspector Gadget in Disney Infinity, I'll sign on. I think or, or, or as they call him in Japan, Insugaji. 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 I think the only comic oh, man. that was I'm a good kind joke. of interested in is Batman, so that doesn't That's work. That's DC. I know. Um, I think Disney's not going to uh, buy them for a couple years at least. Yeah. I watched the trailer for... Actually, Warner Brothers owns them. Um, yeah. I watched the trailer for it, and it looked really gross um, because yeah, it had terrible, like, terrible, terrible, like, artless graphics, which yeah. is, of course, very sad for a Disney game. And, I mean, I don't know anything. I think it's... it's They're made trying by to homogenize it. Right. Made, well, not just that, but, like, it had that terrible, like, like thrown-together world look that, like, Western open-world games that are not so polished have, yeah. which for me is a real huge, gigantic, infinite, ooh, turn-off. Yeah. And I, I looked, and I know it's made by Avalanche and people like Just Cause, but I also think it might be made by their other studio, so I guess what I'm saying is no offense to those people because they're probably working real hard on it, but I did not think that it looked like a game that I would want to touch. And yeah, they probably I think can't that, add anything to it to make me want to touch it. Yeah, the answer might be it's impossible. I don't think they could... They well, you do get... know that Lone Ranger, the Tonto from the Lone Rangers, in there, right? Oh man! And you also know that Captain yeah, but... Jack Sparrow, so you can have yeah. Johnny Depp versus Johnny Depp. You can yeah. have a Johnny Depp match. Yeah. Wow. A Johnny Depp charge. <laughs> Johnny Depp charge. They're, they're, I could have a Johnny I could have a a Johnny Deppathlon. <laughs> a Johnny Depp Deppathlon. Yeah. Deppathlon. Yeah, you can do those as well. <laughs> it just looked like one of those games, like from the trailer, and I know the trailer's a trailer, but it looked one of those games that's like superficially flashy but quite uh, janky underneath of it, and I really hate jank in games. So Yeah, I don't like jank so much. I it guess the, a word that is basically kind of, you know. If you count the Nightmare Before it. Christmas guy, is that three Johnny Depps? Johnny Depp wasn't in the Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, that was Danny Elfman and then somebody else. Who, no, Depp. I think Johnny Depp played the main character. He did not. Okay. No, no, Look, no, no way. I'm Depp, okay? All right. I'm I'm D I'm I'm DWD. I'm down with Depp. <laughs> I, I know I know all the stuff about Johnny Depp. Depp. I actually think Johnny Depp's a really cool guy. So that's you know I don't care if that makes me mainstream. He was in it. He played Glenn Lance. Yeah, but that was like a three-second speaking role. I just yeah, watched that movie like be, two weeks ago. He's not going to be in the thing. Yeah, uh, it does have yeah. well. It has Heather Langenkamp oh, yeah. and John Saxon, who also yeah. were together in Nightmare on Elm Street Three. Uh, that's, yeah. that's 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 nice. Breath of Fire Four. Chris that's Sarandon was the main character, not Johnny. Yep. Depp. Oh well. Yes. Yes, and Danny Elfman was the singing voice. Insert credit. Sing. Insert but uh, credit, so read anyway, the... final answer. I would play Disney Infinity if. I, I was going to think of a joke. I couldn't think of a good joke. But okay. if, they, if they get Star Wars in there... Forza Motorsport. Okay, if. Here it is. Here it is. I just saw an article on the internet today saying that Leonardo DiCaprio turned down the starring role in Star Wars Episode Seven. That's what I would do. Right? 
uh, he he turned it down so he could play in the Robotech movie instead. Nice. Oh, really? That's yeah, a bad he, uh, idea. That's I don't know. Let's not discuss how bad of an idea it is. But uh, if Disney now goes to Johnny Depp and asks him to be the star in Star Wars Episode Seven, then I will play Disney Infinity <laughs> so I can have three Depps. <laughs> That's it. Does anybody else want to just? Can we all agree that's the definitive insert credit? Sure. Answer? sure. If death. they do that, <laughs> if they, if get they me give us the triple death, death. We'll Why if by association every single Tim Burton movie ever becomes a Disney movie just through osmosis, and you have Edward Scissorhands, Edward as a playable Disney character. Infinity, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they will have a yes. death tapline. They'll have their own goddamn Skylanders. <laughs> but all the figures are Johnny Depp. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah I know. Cool. We want Johnny Depp Infinity yeah. is what Depp we want. This changes, if this changes from Disney Infinity to Johnny Depp Infinity, I think you've got us. There Depp you go. Deppley Infinity? <laughs> Johnny, Johnny Depp Tathalon? Uh, what, what else? Depp Landers, they could call it? Yeah, they sure can. <laughs> or Sky Deppers? All right. Just All whatever, right. whatever gets Depp, Depp in there. And right. I think if, uh, if, if they get Game of Thrones as well, Disney oh, sure. HBO... Then I would also I would buy an extra copy, and uh, yeah, there you, that's about it. And then also just get Sean Bean in there somehow. Yeah, who would want to invite Johnny Depp or Sean Bean? Get Lord of the Rings characters in Disney Infinity. Sorry. I would want Johnny Depp and Sean Bean figures that are interacting with a boring, <laughs> stupid. Video. I, th- I think it's time for our next topic. Yeah, okay. do it, man. Just break it off, man. What are the worst games to play with the volume off? Oh, uh, man. Rhythm games? Well, I think all. I mean, they're very rarely that I will do that, actually. Um, I don't usually like to play a game that doesn't have good sound, and I don't like to... Pl- I, 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 I can't get myself into a video game that I'm... Like, I, I just don't want to play a video game that I can't get myself into, you know? Like, yeah. that I want to get into totally. Like, yeah. with the Shin Megami Tensei 4, I've got the music on maximum and my headphones on. Like while I'm playing it, or I don't want to play it, which is why I haven't been using it as a portable game. Which is why portable games don't always work on me. Yeah, so, but uh, you, you know, trying trying to answer the question. Yeah. Uh, well, as, that was me trying to answer. No, I know. As but as as designed, because I I would agree that like, who wants to play a game? Period. Where you don't interact with the sound, but um. I, especially difficult are first-person shooters where you need to know where Stuff's coming stuff from. is coming from. Right. It's important information. Um, and th- I would say those are far and away, well, at least for me, the worst games to play without sound. Like, if, if you can't hear the sound well enough, it's a problem. Yeah, it's a severe handicap. That's yeah. really what I'm getting to, games where you're handicapped if you can't hear the sound. Yeah, but I mean, there's more to it than that. I mean, I feel like... Sound can just lend so much ambiance and and weight to something. Like mm-hmm. I was really surprised by this, but like Animal Crossing New Leaf has just incredible sound direction and sound design that really helps make it work. Oh man, it's like so like in stereo. They did such a good job of like all the sound effects, like the door, like the doors, the material, like all the material sound effects, like all the different kinds of doors close and they all sound like that they're made out of and all of the, you know, your footsteps sound like whatever you're walking on. They did a crazy good job right and adds so much to the game that I, I actually play that game very, despite the fact that I played it like crazy huge amounts, I rarely play it without listening to the 
actual in-game sound. You know, I think I, I have a theory that Nintendo may have some kind of really easy um, mixing or sound production thing for their... Like tool, um, was that? A tool, you mean, internally? Yes. Yes, because, well, not not just inter- like something that they share with their close partners or something, because I've certainly noticed that on 3DS games, uh, in general, there has been a lot of kind of 3D sound. Like Shin Megami Tensei has that. If you just watch the, the loading, not the loading screen, like the, the opening uh, screen where you're, you can choose to start or load, it just does all this stuff, and that... You know, that Ghost Recon Shadow Wars did it too, and since so many games are doing it and they're not really doing that on the on the Vita or whatever, or even just on normal uh, mixes for stereo televisions, I feel like Nintendo must have done something Developed to make that sound. super easy. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. I never noticed. Um, I just want to point out to everybody that Final Fantasy IV PS1 Classic is actually not available on the PlayStation Store because I've been looking for oh, it no. for about 10 minutes and I just concluded it's not there. That's, really That's weird. Bad. And it used to oh, be. I'm sorry about I th- that. It used, it used to be yeah, there. It's, it's, not, it's not on here. I, I can't find it. Darn it. <sighs> Chrono um, Trigger is on there, but uh, Chrono Trigger was included as part of the, uh, what do you call it, the Final Fantasy Chronicle collection. 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 Was it Collection? What, yeah, Final whatever. Fantasy Collection on PS1, yeah. It's yeah, time to move it's... on to our lightning round. Oh, I was Are just we... going to say one more thing before okay. that, which is that um, as much as I like Nier, without yes. the music, that game would not be... I don't think I would have played through it. Uh, sure. That's a good. Definitely. That raises a good philosophical question. It's like, uh, what are games where the music is so good you wouldn't play them? Yeah. Right. Like, well, I mean, that's yeah, it, it gets into the territory of also, like, the Shin Megami Tensei soundtrack, to go back to what you're saying, for, like, so super supports it, like... What made me first love the original Persona was the sound design to an extent, and that wasn't the only thing. But you know what I mean. But it like it really made the game hit me. Like and like, like there's this you know you go into this like the police station where like or maybe no the hospital where everyone's like dying because the demons infested the hospital, and there's like this weird creepy mixed in screaming in the soundtrack, and just it was so good. Yeah, that's great. All right, that first one was so good. I mean, they're all pretty good, but I played those first two a lot. Persona 2, by the way, is on the PlayStation Store right here. Uh, we're going into our lightning round now. Lightning. Our game this week is Elevator Pitch, uh, which is uh, each of you gets one minute to pitch a project to this uh, prominent industry figure in the elevator. Uh, we're, the order we're doing this week is first Tim, then Brandon, and then Christian. Okay. Our, the figure in the elevator is Junichi Masuda, the director of the Pokemon games. Ooh. Pokemans. Tim, you're up. Go. Well, people want to make a Pokemon massively multiplayer online RPG, and uh, that would just mean that what they basically want is a Pokemon game that looks like exactly like Pokemon and plays like Pokemon, but you're challenging people. And I don't think that would be as much fun. So what I propose is a Monster Hunter-like game. Uh, Monster Hunter with Pokemon. Pokemonster Hunter. Uh, it's an action game, but it uses the same perspective. Instead of being 3D over the shoulder, it's top-down. It's like Zelda Link to the Past, and it's got fun action attacks. And uh, you move your guy around, and you can press a button to to pick one of your, your uh, Pokemons. You use the, uh, the D-pad on the Nintendo Wii U gamepad controller to switch between one of the four Pokemons that you have on the field, and then you use the analog stick to move them around. Uh, 
you're just moving them around and fighting and you're just moving around in a big beautiful world and you're joining your friends and they each can have four Pokemons with them and you're just having this really big perfectly balanced world that is online uh, Brandon you're up alright so I don't know exactly how the Skylanders folks got ahead of us on this whole situation <laughs> but um but really what we need to do is take the power back on uh on Skyla- on Skylanders with Pokemon and just make make uh toys of all these Pokemons and put them on little little tablets so that, that that that's how you summon them. There's there's a little Pokeball and you and you just put your put your toy right on there and we make a toy for every one of the Pokemon and we make it so it's really difficult to get uh all of them. Uh you know, you you, but you got they that you've got to get them. They all come out of a <clears throat> a gachapon that is completely black. You can't see the toys that are inside. You can't predict. And uh, each toy costs um, uh, eight hundred yen. Eight hundred yen. That's a lot yeah. of yen. <clears throat> I know, but they'll pay it. And uh, and they then cost about you know six hundred yen already. The little toys. We, we just we just wait for the for the money to roll in. We make it we make it a traditional Pokemon game, except the way that you summon. And the way you get your characters is uh, is with the toys, and uh, and that's it. Okay, my um, game has Skylanders too, by the way. Except it's better. Uh, Christian, go. Okay, I think what you need to do is rather than <clears throat> I, I agree with Tim, uh, you do not need a Pokemon MMO, but what you need is a compelling online place to take your Pokemon. And right now, you have a kind of crappy Flash web portal with some really crappy minigames, and I don't understand why, because you guys are super cool old-school developers who made really good platformers and stuff. So what you need to do is make, like, a Pokemon universe online. You can take your characters from your system, put them into this place. You can actually on that, engage in real-time trading and all the stuff that should be, like, done on the PC or on a mobile app. Or, like, Neopets. Mobile um, you can, Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, that's cool. You can. You're not you know, speaking the suit, Brandon. I know. You can also. You can also. I think the important point would be that it could be expandable because one of the other things that sucks about the current web portal thing that they're doing is like, it's got like crappy mini games and you played it like once for 20 minutes, you've seen it all, and the only real incentive to do that is to get the free Pokemon out of the machine, which is why they give you free Pokemon for playing. Like, it should be actually good. And I realize that Nintendo is probably hesitant to put good games on things that are not Nintendo platforms, but since it requires and is additive, you can do this. And by, by the way, I'm going to say that uh, the initial thing that I was going to do, except I, I didn't have really too much to say about it, is I was going to I was going to lead with Pulse Man 2. Yeah, that's that was mine. No, that was my other. That's that was funny. my. I, I, I played Pulse Man 2. I, I was, when I wrote this. Pulse uh, Man versus Drill Dozer. When, when I wrote this, I was sure one of you was going to bring up Pulse Man. So. I mean, I really I did was, like Drill Dozer. More like I was Man gonna, Pulse. I was going to say Pulse Man too if I couldn't think of anything, but by the time Brandon got done talking, uh, I did. Man. I'm I am personally leaning towards Brandon just for uh, the money the, version. Yeah, the sheer mercenary aspect of it. <laughs> That's uh, but right. I'm going to put it to our listeners. Uh, send your uh, send. Uh, which put them pitch. in the comments. Yes, uh, just tell us in U- uh, YouTube after the show, uh, for the live people listening, uh, which you thought was the uh, best argument, and that person will win the show and debut with a question next week. If it's Christian, then he can mail one in and we'll talk about it. Uh, okay. So thank you for... I think for... mine wins because it has Skylanders. It basically sure. 
is Skylanders. It's not a Pokemon game. Uh, thank you, yeah. thank, thank you, everybody for listening. I'd like to thank uh, I'd like to thank Blaine Brown, our sound editor. Uh, if you have questions for the show, you can send those into podcast at insertcredit.com. We're also taking votes for our best Super Nintendo game show, which is in roughly one month. Uh, so send those votes in if you haven't already for your favorite Super Nintendo games. And if they have enough votes, they'll make it on the show. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Alex Jaffe. Brandon's at Necrosofty. Christian's at Ferricide. And Tim's at 108. I'm 108. Alex, the numbers. I'm Alex Chaffee. I'm Randy Chaffee. I'm Tim Rogers. I am Christian Nutt. And now, you're playing with podcasts. Podcast over, yeah! Hold it! What game do you guys think you talked about while playing more than any other game? Ever? Ever. That's a really good question. I mean, in the last few... Uh, weeks, or in the last week, it's certainly been Shin Megami Tensei because, but I don't usually talk about the games when I'm playing them. Yeah. That's, that's, because I think that has to be, like, sort of a post-social media question. Right. Because, like, I, I talk to, like, I mean, like, you know, like, I remember everyone talking about Final Fantasy VII, like, at the time in my friend circle, but it just doesn't right. compete with the fact that I can just sort of endlessly spout about whatever game I'm playing. I would say it has to be for me, Animal so, Crossing. But- yeah, let's I didn't make, talk let's about make that proportional for the longest time. Right. What do you mean adjusted for social media inflation? Yes. Hmm. I sure never talked to anyone ever about video games until college. Yeah, we know your Shadows of the Empire story. You know, yeah. I think uh, I think probably um consider I'm al- considering I'm always like Willing to play Street Fighter, <laughs> and I have tr- talked about Street Fighter a lot. Probably, probably Street Fighter. Who's your main? Ken. Okay. Good old so, Ken. Good Ken old Ken. But Ken, Ken Masters. I like I like his I like his kicks. He's got Ken, good, Ken's uh, a scrub fighter. I'm sorry. Did you know that there's a com- Did you know that there's a completely separate twisted metal character who is also named Ken Masters? That's wow. not bad. I didn't know that. That happened. Mm -hmm. That's weird. What's the game that I talked about most while playing it? Uh, I feel like Final Fantasy. Does it does like review length count? Because uh, Mm. I mean, this actually, I feel like it does. because Final Fantasy thirteen. Yeah. I I wrote a bunch of Kotaku things. I wrote a giant action button thing. Mm -hmm. And I wrote a lot of little. I, I tweeted a lot about it. And I talked with real friends about it. I had like four real yeah, friends who were that playing. That could be it. And I mean, we talked about a, it too. Yeah, we sure did. And that was I, as like a real grown-up adult too. We yeah. weren't talking about it as children. We were talking right. about it as a, yeah. as like serious adults would talk about. We, we may have had more serious conversations about it than its actual developers. <laughs> yes, I mean, we <laughs> did. I, uh, I, Guys, we got to save this gold for the actual show. I'm going to start it. <laughs> we can just go ahead and edit this into the actual show. Yeah, Blaine Brown, start if you're listening, uh, just put this in the end after the podcast over. Yeah. Brain Blown. <laughs> so okay. uh, just love calling that guy Brain Blown. Yeah, I'm going yeah. to I'm going to start the show well, right I'm going to put a hangout toolbox on. All right. Take that!